You are listening to Dermcast.tv, the official online media resource for the Society of Dermatology PAs. My lecture was supposed to be entitled Genitocutaneous Disease Review and Update. Forget it. It's too damn boring. So I was going to use a slide that I've used before, giving similar sort of lectures. Gruesome groins. Dermatology down under. And I thought, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's too risque. So the title of this lecture will be, after thinking about it, trying to think outside the box, Pearls and Tips beneath the, Between the Knees and the Hips. <laughs> that's the title of the lecture. I have no conflict of interest to disclose. And if you can't read this in the back, it says, since I've been using this hot tub of yours, those festering boils on my genitals have cleared up. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about STDs. I, I, you know, yes, they are very important, but what I want you to be most honed in on is when it's not an STD. I mean, that said, let me just point out that syphilis is resurgent in the United States now. Uh, 82% of states had an increase in syphilis. 2017 statistics are worse than 2016 statistics. It's just endless. So beware of syphilis. Herpes, HPV, external genital warts have also increased. Those are not reportable diseases, so it's hard to quantify. It's based on retrospective reviews of charges and codes that have been submitted. But Shankroyd, there were only seven cases in the entire United States. Don't need to worry too much about that unless you live in Texas. We have everything. <laughs> so we're going to do a few pre and post. So I'm going to show you the same questions now, and then we'll redo them at the end to see whether I've taught you anything. What normal oral flora organism can cause rapid, painful ulceration after traumatic implantation. Pseudomonas, Echinella, Klebsiella, Neisseria gonorrhea, or Peptostreptococcus. Okay, so, hmm. You'll learn something. Next, which statement is true about genital lichen planus? It's annular on the glands penis, frequently ulcerative in men, carries a 38% risk ultimately of developing squamous cell carcinoma. It is not erosive in women. It's resistant to potent topical steroids. Survey says, hmm, you'll learn something. Next one, which statement is true about genital neoplasia? Basal cell carcinoma is common, melanoma is rare on the vulva, T-cell lymphoma is common, ovarian carcinoma metastasizes to genital skin, or scrotal skin does not develop malignant lesions. Red solo cup. I 
Which statement is true? Survey says, oh my gosh. Also, last, which agent has been used to treat anogenital hydradenitis suppurativa? And you will notice that the usual characters aren't there. Thalidomide, hydroxyurea, trifluperazine, nitroglycerin patches, or metformin? Okay, eh, not so important. But the first three questions people are going to learn. All right, so let's get started. So here we have two individuals. We have a lady who's a tennis player and has this itchy rash, and a gentleman who's in good health. He's got this itchy rash. You will notice on both of them the annular configuration. It is clearer in the center than at the edge, and at the edge there is scale. So this is exactly what you think it is. There's the KOH prep showing lots and lots of hyphae. So this is tinea cruris. It turns out anything you want to use will work. Pick an antifungal. In the old days, I would say, pick the antifungal of the rep who brings you the best lunch. But I can't do that anymore. But anyone will work, ultimately. Oral alternatives, you know, this just may be Anka Teddy's bias, but I think most of you would agree. The fewer pills in life you take, the better off you are. That doesn't mean you don't take oral medicines or you don't prescribe oral medicines to your patients who need them, but we're such a polypharmacy country if you can spare them pills. But if it's so widespread and the topical just doesn't work or it's not feasible, there are alternatives, terbinafine, itraconazole, Fluconazole is not approved for any dermatophyte. It's only approved for yeast, but it works just about as well, and I've given you the doses there. This was a big meta-analysis looking at a whole bunch of studies and 15,000, almost 16,000 patients, and basically what they said is there's really no difference between the groups of antifungals in terms of efficacy, safety, or tolerability. But remember, this is tips and pearls. Here is a tip. The allylamine antifungals are faster in onset in terms of symptomatic relief. All things being equal, anything you use will work. But if someone tells you, I can't sleep, I can't work, I'm just so itchy, and it's, you know, the allylamine. So that's naftaphine, terbinafine, and one more I'll mention in just a second, will work quicker in terms of symptomatic relief, not in terms of the rash disappearing. Okay, two more helpful tips. Luliconazole is the shortest approved regimen. It's once a day for seven days. So if you have a patient you know is kind of iffy about doing anything you tell them to do past a week, this is the shortest approved regimen. They all work equally. This is the shortest. The problem is it's costly because it's relatively new, and insurance might not approve it. But if you can get it through, if you can get some samples. The other tip, which I love giving, is Lotrimin Ultra. I don't like to mention brand names, but in this case I have to, because what's the other product that's in the pharmacy that sounds just like it? Lotrimin. Lotrimin is clotrimazole. 
It's been around for many decades and is not a particularly great agent. But Lotrim and Ultra, I don't know why they named it this way, used to be called Mentax. Now it's Lotrim and Ultra. It's butenafine. That's a benzylamine. It's related to naphtaphene and terbinafine. It's slightly structurally, chemically a little different. But it's OTC, and it's only $10 to $12 per tube. And it is highly effective. It has a very strong binding to keratin, so it can be used once a day. And when you look at all the antifungals for their inherent anti-inflammatory properties, which means they relieve symptoms quicker, this one is as quick as the other two allylamines, naphtaphene and terbinafine. So I love it because it's dirt cheap, it's once a day, it's highly effective, and it makes people feel better in a hurry. But you have to, if you tell the patient to go get this, circle or underline that ultra thing. And here's luliconazole just to show you, yes, in fact, it does work in seven days. Key point, big pearl, if you're dealing with tinea cruris, always check the feet. The reason being, this is how we think really people get tinea cruris. They have it on their feet, on their nails. Tinea pedis and onychomycosis go hand in hand. Very high percentage, 90 plus percent. And then as they're putting their clothes on, they're taking little bits and pieces of the fungus from their foot between their toes or on their nails and implanting it in an area that's nice, warm, and moist, and that's how they get it. So if you get rid of it in the groin but you don't address the reservoir down on the feet, they're doomed almost certainly to recurrence. And here's tinea cruris. Who of these patients with tinea cruris <clears throat> excuse me, also had onychomycosis? Look at these studies over the years from all over the world. It's high concurrence. The only place it didn't prove to be true is when it was a different organism. In Iran, E-flacosum, epidermophyton flacosum, is the most common cause of tinea cruris, but it's not a nail pathogen. It's the only place in the world there isn't a high concurrence. Can you actually get fungus right on the genitalia? The answer is yes. That's not indelible lipstick, that's tinea. <laughs> and I wrote this up years ago. It's annular, it's scaly, I don't care where it is. Always think tinea. And here's tinea, it's on the suprapubic skin, extending right onto the cutaneous side of the vulva, the, the labia majora. Can you get tinea versicolor on the penis? Well, these people found it, and these people reported it. I've never seen it. I'm looking for my first case. But tinea, tinea, just dermatophytosis, right on the genitalia, absolutely possible. Here's a 42-year-old man who's had the insidious onset of this slightly pruritic rash in the upper inner thighs. He's already used terbinafine cream. He's used Lamisil over-the-counter, and it didn't get any better. And I hope most of you know what this is. This is erythrasma, and it's caused by a bacteria, Carinibacterium minutissimum. It's very difficult to culture, but if you shine a woods light out, lamp on it, I'll show you pictures in a second, it fluoresces a very pretty coral red, orange, pink, whatever you perceive the color is. 
It can be not only in the groin, but also in the axilla and in between the toes. It's common in people who are obese and particularly common in diabetics. Notice that this lacks the usual annularity of tinea cruris. So it doesn't have a very active border, round, scaly, active border with clearing in the center. It's sort of all involved, the whole area. Reddish, reddish brown, fully brown, which I'll show you, and very fine scale, very, very fine scale. Yes, it can occur in women too. And this is a little pearl. It's often mistaken for candidiasis because when you see a rash in the upper inner thigh, your first knee-jerk reaction, which is appropriate, is to think about candida, but this is not candida, and it's not going to respond to candida medication most of the time. It can be very, very dark brown. Look at these examples in the groin and in the axilla. That's all erythrasma. This was first reported in 1952 and then re-reported in 2004 that if you shine a woods lamp on this, it will fluoresce this coral color. So here's a patient of mine. You can see the outline there, and there it is with the woods lamp fluorescing a nice reddish-orange. To me, that looks reddish-orange. How do you treat it? I've asterisked the top one because I think that's probably the best treatment is oral erythromycin, a gram a day in divided doses for five days. But even a single dose of clarithromycin will take, of it, take care of it one gram. Topical clindamycin or erythromycin, acne preparations will also take care of it. It's better to use those twice a day. It has been reported occasionally to respond to antifungals. In my hands, that's not particularly an effective therapy. And if you have high-intensity red light, okay, maybe. But I think oral erythromycin is the best treatment, but it's not the cheapest treatment. So here's a professor of biochemistry at my medical school who is being treated by the chief of infectious diseases for fungus. And he gave him three different oral antifungals, and it didn't go away. So he finally said, hmm, I best, you got to go see someone in dermatology. And it was clearly erythrasma. There's no annular border. It's kind of got that reddish, reddish brown look to it. So I gave him clindamycin 1% generic solution, which you would give for an acne patient twice a day. And there he is clear. And the nice thing about this is that cost about 28 bucks, according to GoodRx. That's cheap. So you can, or you might have samples if you have an erythromycin or clindamycin containing topical. You might have samples available. So this works. Oral erythromycin or topical clindamycin or topical erythromycin are perfectly fine. Now here's candida by comparison, right? So you look at this and you compare it. And what do you see? How do you differentiate candida from erythrasma? There are two pearls. Pearl one is, if you have a male, it involves the scrotum. And for some bizarre reason, candida tends not to. Dermatophytes really don't, almost ever. But even more important is this. 
satellite lesions. You've got that red thing that's up close to the genital area in the upper inner thigh, but what you see are individual, teeny tiny, sometimes surmounted by a pus, so either a papula or a pustule, sitting away from the main area of inflammation, and that's pathognomonic for candida and differentiates it from erythrasma, and differentiates it from tinea cruris, and differentiates, I might also say, from contact dermatitis, seborrhea, and psoriasis. When you see those little satellite lesions, especially if they're pustules, it's candida. And you can do a KOH, and you can find the hyphal-like elements that are there. Any topical azole will work fine. But if you had a pick among the azoles, ketoconazole, 2% by prescription, is probably the best because it's the strongest inherent anti-inflammatory properties of all the azoles. Remember, terbinafine, naftaphine, and butenafine, the one I just told you about, that are really for dermatophytes. They can work with candida, but they're not as good. Candida responds much better to the azole antifungals. So ketoconazole is my favorite because it's going to relieve symptoms the quickest. The other agent that's absolutely superb